Hello and welcome to the Circular Economy podcast, where we find out how circular approaches are better for people, planet and profit. I'm Catherine Wheatman of Rethink Global, and I'll be chatting with those people making the circular economy happen, rethinking how we design, make and use everything. We'll talk to entrepreneurs and business owners, social enterprises and leading thinkers. You'll find the show notes, links and transcripts at circulareconomypodcast.com, where you can subscribe to updates and our fortnightly edition of Circular Insights. Hello again, and it's episode 55. I'm recording this on Thursday, the 10th of June, 2021. Welcome back, or welcome on board if you're new to this podcast. Do please let us know what you think of the show. I've been working on a few presentations this week, one for the Ethos Institute in Brazil and the others for UK audiences. I'm emphasising that the circular economy is much more than recycling and much more than switching to some recycled or regenerative materials. So it's great to be interviewing another example of a company that's working on ways of slowing down our consumption of materials and production of waste by providing systems to reuse, resell, rent, subscribe and so on. These systems mean we can get unused products back into the system and help things be used again and again so we get more productivity out of the resources through rental and subscriptions. Today I'm talking to Anthony Burns, Chief Operating Officer of ACS in Scotland. ACS started out as a formal wear hired business and is now an internationally recognised and award-winning circular fashion enterprise with closed rental offerings for women, men, children and babies. It's now working with a wide range of fashion brands, acting as their circular service provider. We find out how the business has evolved, its progress towards B Corp status, and about some of its innovations in packaging and garment cleaning. So let's meet Anthony. Anthony Burns is the Chief Operating Officer of ACS, an internationally recognised business which empowers fashion retailers and brands to embed circular business models. Three years ago, Anthony set out a vision for creating a new economy for apparel and has transformed ACS into a circular fashion enterprise with closed rental offerings for adults, children and babies. ACS is currently working towards B Corp status and Anthony's focused the business on the social responsibility agenda by becoming an accredited living wage provider, being a disability confident employer and signing the Race at Work Charter. Anthony, welcome to the Circular Economy podcast. Hi, Cassie. How are you? I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to see you at last. And um, yeah, there's just so much to talk about. I'm already wondering how we're going to fit all the questions I want to ask you into one episode. First, though, I'm curious to understand a bit about the history of ACS and how it evolved. Well, um, as I said, excited to be on to tell you a little bit about ACS and what we are doing and how we're trying to make a difference, how we are trying to make the fashion industry more sustainable and how we are actually trying to do our bit to save the planet. I know it sounds a bit cheesy, but we are trying to facilitate change. So we are Europe's largest rental and resale fashion fulfillment centre. 
We've been established for about 25 years. And the backbone of our business for many years has been rental of men's formal wear. So we've offered a white label service to multiple and independent retailers for uh, tuxedos, morning wear in Scotland, some Highland wear kilts. And um, we also offer a 3PL service for that same product. Um, about 80% of outfits for men's formal wear, which are rented for black tie events and weddings, come from our facility, which is just outside Glasgow, um, between Glasgow and Edinburgh, slightly west of centre. So um, in addition to men's formal wear, we also offer a TPL service to ladies' dress rental companies, including the UK's largest. Uh, we offer the same TPL service to baby clothing rental companies. We also facilitate re-commerce and resale schemes for retailers. So all our business streams, they're inherently sustainable, um, but they also allow our retail partners to be more profitable and to easily embrace sustainability and embed circular practice within linear business models. Mm. So just to explain to people who aren't familiar with that um, acronym that was very familiar from my, my career background, so 3PL being third party logistics service. So in other words, you're providing all the um, logistics support for retailers and brands. Um, and maybe just to explain uh, re-commerce as well. So that's when there are returns from e-commerce, which we know has, has grown massively um, during the pandemic, e-commerce for fashion. So when people have ordered several sizes and send one back or, um, you know, have, have uh, perhaps more cheekily worn it and then send it back, um, it has to, to come back. And ideally, you're trying to get it back into the system and back on sale um, if it's suitable for that as quickly as possible. Um, and I think particularly interesting is the expansion in, in fashion rental recently. I know, as you explained, it goes back, the history of that goes back a long way in terms of formal wear, but now rentals being embraced by all sorts of different um, companies. We've, we've already talked to Bundley and On Loan on the podcast at, you know, baby wear and then um, more kind of high-end high-end women's wear um, so that you know companies are getting really interested in it and it's sustainability that has facilitated change for us in three short years we went from focusing on maybe sort of some continuous improvement in terms of lean lean processes i.e cutting down our waste that was when it started and three years later we've been asked to join the Ellen MacArthur Foundation we are working towards becoming a B Corp. We've won Environmental Business Awards. We're speaking to the UN about how to make the fashion industry more sustainable. Um, how about using COP26 as a vehicle to facilitate change? So some really um, big bits of progress. And to go back to your question, you know, the rental market's changing very much in the UK from traditional men's formal wear to be more like the US and Asia. In Asia, companies like Y Closet are renting clothing via subscription service. In the US, there's companies like Rent the Runway, um, Castle Facilitate, 
um, rental for big retailers like Gwynny B, Ann Taylor, Loft, Vince, Rebecca Taylor, Scotch and Soda, Scotch and Soda, Banana Republic. So why is the UK behind the US? Well, we understand that in the UK, there's a culture of ownership compared to usership. Why is that? Um, we believe it's because it's predicated in the fact that UK consumers own their own homes. So it creates this culture of, of ownership. But it's changing as well because we're all comfortable with we lease music, you know, we lease cars, um, we lease other people's beds, i.e. we sleep in hotel rooms and we don't think anything of it, but we maybe have a reluctance to rent clothing. So, you know, there's a couple of other reasons. There's a lack of awareness in the UK about clothing rental, but it's changing. And across the globe, there's also um, a perception that clothing rental is dirty compared to retail, and it's absolutely not the case. And we've got the evidence and the processes to back this up. And we're trying to um, influence others to explain to them how clean and sanitised clothing rental is per, uh, relative to retail but just as a standalone so we are trying to you know facilitate change on these fronts mm, that's interesting uh, particularly about the the culture of ownership so um in practical terms then if you were explaining to somebody how the rental system works and and how you ensure that the clothes that they're going to rent are in great condition nice and clean and so on Talk us through the, the practicalities of that. What happens to something when it comes back from rental and, and comes through your door? So um, when the garments come back initially, you know, it's really important as a starting point, particularly when you're managing other people's clothing as a, a third-party logistics operation, that you have control over this and you can provide good management information to them about their inventory. So we put RFID tags long-range uh, RFID tags, um, which are laundry-proof. And uh, that's the starting point. So we can scan them and immediately they are returned to inventory because data management is really important with rental. After that, they are sorted depending on the type of garment. Um, we also use, you know, before we actually start to clean items, we, we have use innovative technologies. When I say innovative, you know, um, ozone technology has been about for many years. We have been using it for about eight years and we've been using it as a gas. So ozone gas fundamentally does two things. It kills germs and it removes odour. It's highly effective at killing germs, effective against SARS, effective against COVID. And we've done our own independent studies into ozone and how it works. And uh, in layman's terms, uh, if you were to compare it against um, maybe sort of the cleanliness of a garment after ozone treatment against an excellent restaurant preparation area, our garments are much cleaner than an excellent restaurant preparation area. You do that by measuring the CFUs, the colony forming units on those garments. So we are very confident that all our garments are sanitised and that's before they even go through you know, different types of processes like laundry or dry cleaning. Over recent years, we've actually started to introduce ozonated laundry where we actually pump in 
ozone gas into the water. So what it does then, it sanitizes the garment as it actually removes stains. And it can do that at low temperatures because ozone gas in the water increases the efficacy of the cleaning. So you can use less energy to warm the water, you can use less chemicals, and it's great for um, garments like baby clothing or lightweight fabrics or ones which are more susceptible to damage. So there's different types of technology we use in conjunction with you know, normal washing machines and dry cleaning um, to, to get a good result and, and give our partners confidence that those garments are spotlessly clean and free from germs. There's also lots of interest in the issues of packaging and plastics and so on at the moment. So how do you deal with the repacking of garments to, to minimise the footprint there? Well, for many years, for 25 years, we have used um, reusable suit bags for our menswear. So that has been exactly how we have shipped um, menswear outfits out. No plastic, no cardboard. Um, but also over recent years for our dress rental partners, we introduced um, a bit of a pilot on a reusable shipping bag. It was a nylon bag and it has gone down very well with our partners and consumers. Had great feedback. A couple of our partners have retrospectively branded these bags. And um, although these are nylon, our next iteration of this shipping bag will be an RPET bag. And it's got some really nice marketing on the side where it says this bag um, was made from 11 plastic bottles or nine plastic bottles. So that's the next step in terms of um, our newest next iteration with our shipping bag. But we recognize that, you know, plastic and poly can be used in the operation as well. We had um, you know, obviously a big problem, but we had an issue where we, we were using lots of hangers years ago. So we worked with our hanger supplier and created a bespoke hanger bespoke for rental because with the rental, the hangers are used repeatedly and there's lots of dynamic motion in the operation with bagging machines and uh, going through different conveyors. So the hangers were breaking. So we designed a hanger where the metal part of the hanger went into the plastic and we strengthened this because the breakages were further exacerbated by delivery uh, shipping partners who had maybe you know, not handled them with great care and the hangers would break. So this gave our customers a better presentation of their items, but also it basically, we don't have any hangers which break anymore. So we've cut down on our waste there um, a great deal also. Mm. And I guess every time a hanger breaks, that's a garment on the floor and, um, you know, potentially a damaged garment, isn't it? So, um, it is yeah, it's, it's um, important to keep everything um, moving, moving along through the process. So, Anthony, I'm interested in uh, talking a bit about the future. Um, you know, at the, at the beginning, I talked about the vision that you set out a few years ago for creating the new economy for apparel. Um, and you're in the process of B Corp accreditation and, and so on. So um, perhaps you could tell us a bit about the, um, the, the plans, you know, for the ne next level of, uh, of projects that you've got in the pipeline. Sure. Uh, well, if I focus on the sort of um, the sales pipeline first, you know, we're pleased to say we've recently partnered with Castle. You know, Castle is the, the arguably the largest rental company 
globally, they uh, offer a white label platform for retailers in the US. So um, they've come to the US, they've partnered with ACS, so they will provide um, a white label platform for the first um, partner that they're launching with is Mossbross, and that actually happened this week, and they launched with LK Bennett um, in July. So um, the pipeline in the UK you know, is really stacked. There's a lot of interested retailers, and ACS, we're offering the back-end fulfillment for them. So you know, subscription clothing rental, um, fundamentally for retailers, it enhances profitability and it allows them to embrace sustainability. So, you know, it, it's a match made in heaven um, for their consumers. It allows them to attract new and younger consumers. It gives them better data and they get a greater spend from their, from their existing uh, customers. So we're really excited about how this will raise the awareness of rental in the UK, not just for the consumers that rent via the, the cattle platform and, and the partners we onboard here, but uh, for rental as a whole, and it will also support um, awareness of sustainable fashion. So, you know, we think it's a, a, a great step forward. When I park the sales side for a minute in terms of what we are doing as a good corporate citizen, and, you know, the fashion industry got gets a really bad reputation. Um, if we look at um, what we're doing here on site, you know, we recognise that... Um, We've got a duty of care to do the right thing. And it really starts at home. It starts with our own staff. You know, we're a real living wage employer. But we also we invest in our staff. Um, we have done for many years. We've engaged with them in many ways. Employee engagement surveys, communication briefs. And um, they told us, uh, in addition to communications, that um, rewards and remuneration was important to them. So that's why we introduced the, uh, the Real Living Wage. Um, but we've also done lots of training and development. We've set up ECS as a Scottish Qualifications Authority accredited training centre. So we offer vocational qualifications in textile care, which is a qualification which is bespoke to rental, it's bespoke to ECS, but we also offer one in logistics because you know, we expect some serious growth over coming years and we need to be able to have the staff to support this. And Brexit didn't help us because we had staff who went back to Eastern Europe and we need to really create our own talent pipeline. So that's why we've, um, we've started the SQA Accredited Training Centre. Um, and all our uh, VQs, they're all designed in-house designed in lean green processes and they're actually led by our head of circular operations. Sustainability is very important to us so we actually have a head of sustainability and a head of circular operations and basically it's creating our own talent pipeline but it doesn't stop there with the apprentices with vocational qualifications. We have our middle management, they are going through ILM level four leadership courses and we have four graduate apprentices who are realizing a management degree while working uh, with ACS. So we want to make our staff all feel very valued. So training, development and the real living wage are important in that way. But also, you know, touching on the environmental side, logistics facilities, I've worked at places where 
there's yards, vehicle yards that have got big dirty trucks in them, diesel trucks. They have um, pallets, broken pallets you know, all over the place, cardboard and plastic blowing about. We don't want to be like that. We don't want to be the neighbour from hell. So uh, we're setting up a biodiversity bubble round facility. So we already have beehives on site. We have hedgehog houses. And you know, I, I read an article um, some time ago and it was a food retailer who was opening up a store and they had no fresh fruit and vegetables. And it was there as a means to illustrate to the consumer the impact of not having bees or insects. If there were none, there would be no fruit and veg. So we recognise these things and we're trying to... Um, make our site more aesthetically pleasing and do something uh, for the biodiversity. But it's not just about beehives and hedgehog houses. Um, we are started planting wildflowers and we're working with New College Lanarkshire, who are the groundsmen are coming on site to rip up the rest of the grass and plant more wildflowers and plant more trees. And we're working with the local schools um, and this year, in the summer, we should have a polypropylene tunnel for fresh fruit and vegetables. And, you know, it's important we work with our schools and communities because they are where we are going to have our next new members of staff. We're already doing some CSR projects with local schools. So we're cleaning some school uniforms for high schools and our feeder schools because we recognise the areas, um, some of our local areas, they're deprived areas. And... Um, if we can do something um, that supports these schools and communities, it helps. We also have a very inclusive recru recruitment policy. We have uh, recruited from disadvantaged backgrounds in the past, and we've actually had the, the Minister for Business and Fair Work on site to meet some of the staff that we've recruited and who are going through our vocational qualification programs. So, you know, we're trying to do. Um, as much as possible. There's more to be done, but we're we're making good steps forward. Yeah, that sounds really interesting in terms of the sheer scale of different initiatives that you've got going on that all kind of interconnect and the way that you're focusing on engaging future employees by getting involved with the schools and so on um, and thinking about how you can create your own local talent pipeline and the more attractive a business is to work at, and of course that goes beyond just the wage, doesn't it? People want to feel like they're part of something meaningful, and you know, I think people like to feel that they're helping make a better world in some small way, not helping to do something that actually wrecks the planet. So there are all sorts of different ways that um, people can feel good about working for companies like ACS that you know are, are really focusing on being a good neighbor as you said that's a great phrase and just going back to the to the start of that um that discussion about the future and talking about the interest that brands in the uk are starting to show in rental um and i guess one of the things that i've been most frustrated with over the last couple of years when looking at the pr from fashion brands and so on about their circular progress is it's nearly all focused on you know making things out of recycled fabrics and you know we're doing this with ocean plastics or um you know we're um starting to use better cotton in inverted commas which you know 
isn't necessarily much <laughs> much different to the um, pesticide intensive cotton that, that's there in the first place. But this this whole you know nothing's happening at scale yet to slow the whole pipeline down. It's like you know we're trying to put some slightly better materials into the system, but pump everything through it just as fast as it was before. And of course, that's not going to go far enough. You know, we're in a race now to improve, to, to, to solve the climate and the biodiversity emergency. And we've got to make big step changes. And I just find it amazing that brands haven't yet got on board with rental, because as you say, it helps engage customers. It allows the group of customers who want to be super fashionable and wear the latest things, it allows them to do that and then to send it back after they've worn it a couple of times and get it back into the system to be used again. And the, you know, the feedback from those kind of consumers is um, it helps them be part of, you know, something they think is important, looking very uh, trendy, but without wrecking the planet. And then for those of us who are less bothered about being trendy, it still provides, you know, options of clothes that are still still in fashion. Um, and yet, you know, a better value. And if you decide that you're not going to get good wear out of something, then it goes back, doesn't it? You can kind of mix and match between um, clothes that you might keep for a decade, say, um, you know, a really a really good sweater or a really good pair of, of jeans or something that are going to last and last um, versus clothes that are the latest colour. And I just, you know, I think it's it's one of those things as soon as one or two brands really start to invest in that, then the others will follow. Um, but it's frustrating how long it's taking. And so, um, Anthony, looking back on your your uh, time in business and, and certainly your your role at ACS, where you've been um, helping move the, the business forward on a much more sustainable and circular strategy and engaging with those brands and so on, what what surprised you or what have you struggled with um, that's that's been difficult well i think um what's probably surprised us is how easy it is to actually embrace sustainability you know from starting you know i mentioned that uh, we're cut down on our, our our waste um everything we've done as well you know it's all saved money it's um you know it's been good for the environment and it saved us cash i'll give you a few examples um where you know, cut down on our, our waste management. You know, a big bill disappeared. Nothing on our site goes to landfill. We then cut back on our energy usage. We were given support, a soft loan from Zero Waste Scotland, to change all our halogen lights on site from uh, change from halogen lights to smart LEDs, and saving us about twenty thousand pounds annually, and cutting our carbon emissions by about sixteen tons. But also we've cut back in our water. Um, we got support um, to realise change in terms of how our dry cleaning and our laundry work. So our dry cleaning machines, um, they use water to cool the still down. So we take that water, which is preheated from cooling the still down, and rather than dumping it to drain, which used to happen many years ago, we now put it in a holding tank, which feeds our washing machines. So it's preheated, saves us energy washing, uh, warming up water for the washing machines. And then even if that water's too hot to go back to the dry cleaning machines, we pass it through an adiabatic cooler, which doesn't use any energy. And um, that process there is saving us loads of water 
Uh, and what I would add as well, she didn't mention earlier, we've got um, we've got filters on all our washing machines to capture microplastics. I believe every year, fifty billion garments are um, laundered globally. I'm, I'm sure I read that in the BBC. So any garments are laundered at ACS. Um, they are microplastics are captured, and they're not captured straight off the back of a machine because you need bespoke filters to make sure that they're fine enough to capture all those microplastics. So, you know, that's about our waste, our energy, our water. Um, but you know, realizing change on that front, it has been um it has been easy. Um we found that, you know, making doing the right thing um has really, you know, it, it's come easily. Mm, that's that's great to hear. And I think in discussions again about the circular economy, closing the loop on your processes is something that's also not generally talked about. Um, you know, it's one of one of the elements of the circular economy framework that I created for the book. Um, you know, making sure that you're either closing the loop and reusing your own resources, as with your example for the water, or that you're able to create a byproduct or a co-product that can you know bring value back into the business. So I think that's a um, it's a great way to start, isn't it? And start getting enthusiasm for more circular approaches within within the business. And so thinking about people who might be looking to go more circular with their existing business or people who are thinking about doing a circular startup, what would your top tip be for them? Well, I would say don't delay. Um, just go ahead and do it. You know, sustainability is. It's not a cost; it's an investment, um, and you know, sustainability. It's a, it's the next revolution. Um, involve everyone in the business with sustainability because we've found that our staff, our people, have given us the best ideas in terms of what to do. I'll give you an example: um, we um, it was suggested to us via um, our communication programs that uh, we should remove waste paper bins from people's desks. So what it did is it meant that they got up and they went to a recycling centre and um, made them more active, but also it helped with recycling and splitting up paper or plastics, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, small, easy things uh, have really helped. Um, but, you know, in terms of our staff, I'm just going back to them again because they are our biggest and best asset. We've supported them through uh, lockdown. You know, we've... Uh, rolled out training. We've worked with Home Energy Scotland and we've rolled out training on saving water, saving energy, on food waste, all um, at home programmes. So, you know, it, it's a quid pro quo with our staff. You know, we help them and they absolutely help us. Yeah, that's interesting. And I guess there'll be lots of businesses that are now moving to a, uh, you know, a new normal of much more homeworking and a bit of in the office and you're right that um you know sustainability we need to think about every aspect of our lives don't we and a lot of the things the approaches that you employ at work can easily be translated to home so um yeah that's a that's a great tip thank you and coming back to values um whether those are personal or business values um is the one that you'd particularly like to share um with the listeners that, that you think helps us to move us towards a better world that's more sustainable and fairer? Well, 
do you know, sustainability certainly underpins everything we do. I firmly believe it's the right thing to do. I'll give you an example. At our board meetings, we always spoke about health and safety first. It comes before everything else. Now we speak about health and safety and sustainability. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we have staff dedicated to sustainability and circular operations. And we're still an SME. We've got a relatively small workforce. So having people dedicated to this area, it just ensures that um, we, um, we take this seriously. If we hadn't embraced sustainability, I would not be talking to you today because I doubt ACS would have survived through the the COVID um, process or debacle. Um, so we're actually in a stronger position now than we were because in some ways COVID has accelerated change and uh, we're in a good position to um, embrace the changes that um, have you know, happened because of COVID. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Anthony. And it reminds me of, um, you know, the, the story about Kodak and how they'd employed the person who invented the digital camera, but they failed to see that that's where the market was going. Um, and they were just kind of focusing on the cash cow of the uh, film sales. And so being aware of the of the big headwinds and risks and, and trends and you know, seeing the opportunities for rental and subscriptions and seeing that, you know, that can work and it can really add value to a to a brand. Um, you know, it's not it's not a lesser option. Um, and sometimes it's just having, um, you know, having a brand who's going to um, forge ahead with that. And then suddenly everybody else needs to follow. But looking at those big picture trends and thinking, right, you know, this is how we can make our business more resilient. Um, is, a, is a great bit of advice. So, Anthony, who would you recommend as a future guest for the programme? Good question. Well, um, I'd maybe, you know, keeping it in the sort of rental front, uh, if I look at the, the UK, I would recommend Isabella West. She is the founder of Hire Street and also of ZOA, which is a, a white label platform um, to facilitate uh, closing rental and maybe further afield across the pond, I would suggest Christine Hunsicker, who is the founder and CEO of Cattle. Great stuff. Thank you. Well, I'll get in touch with those. And um, yes, it'd be great to have some more fashion pioneers that we talk to on the, on the podcast. So, Anthony, how can people find out more and get in touch with you and ACS? Well, um, our, our website would be a good starting point. The ACS website is www.acsclothing.co.uk. So that's Alpha Charlie Sierra Clothing.co.uk. Um, check that out. Check out our social media. We are we're doing a lot more the social media front. For many years, we probably sat behind our wholesale partners. And we didn't shout about what we're doing. However, we are making a concerted effort to uh, talk more about um, our circular business models and what we do at ECS. So social media or connect with me on LinkedIn. Excellent. Thanks, Anthony. So I'll put those links in the show notes so people can follow up and get in touch. And yeah, it sounds like you're going to be really busy over the rest of um, 2021 and probably uh, into, into the future with amazing internal programs and opportunities from 
customers that want to move forward on rental and more sustainable fashion. So thank you very much, Anthony. Thank you, Catherine. I was impressed by the way ACS spotted emerging trends of rental and re-commerce and pivoted the business to use its existing expertise to provide industry-leading specialist services to other companies. I liked how ACS is clear that employees and the local community are central to its success and that it puts sustainability and social value at the heart of its business. Yet again, a company is using circular processes that save costs too, and it sees collaborations and partnerships as key to its future success. That's it for this episode of the Circular Economy podcast. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review and tell your friends and colleagues. The Circular Economy podcast is brought to you by Rethink Global, helping you use circular, sustainable approaches to make a better world for people, planet and your business. Get in touch via the website or connect with me on LinkedIn. If you'd like to learn more about the circular economy, why not go back and listen to episode one or buy the new edition of my award-winning book, A Circular Economy Handbook, How to Build a More Resilient, Competitive and Sustainable Business, which takes you through the concepts and practicalities, including lots of real examples from around the world. Make sure you get the edition with the orange cover, which has a new chapter on packaging, lots of extra examples and updated research in every chapter. You can find resources and links mentioned in today's episode, as well as a transcript of the conversation at rethinkglobal.info, where you can find out how we help you succeed with Circular. Circular.